Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The Trader, a traitor's podcast. My name's Matthew. I'm a writer working in TV development, and I am a 100% faithful fan of the multi-award winning hit TV competition series, The Traitors. This podcast features deep dives into every episode of the show, as well as interviews with contestants. And this is season seven of the podcast, dedicated to series two of The Traitors UK. On every edition of The Trader, I'll be joined by a special co-host who'll help me break down an episode of the TV programme, hopefully have some laughs, and maybe even betray me. First up today is a return of our segment on Traitor's News and Updates. This is TT News. The new series of Traitors UK is off to a flying start with overwhelmingly positive reviews from The Guardian, The Metro, iNews and The Telegraph. And overnight viewing figures suggested 3.1 million viewers tuned into the debut episode on BBC One, which is the second highest broadcast viewing figure for an episode just behind last season's finale. These figures will likely increase much further though with catch-up viewers from iPlayer, and the figures were probably impacted by, weirdly, the World Darts Championship final, which was airing at the same time as episode one, and drew lots of UK viewers because 16-year-old Brit Luke Littler had made the final and lots of headlines along the way. So uh, some bad timing for the traitors there, but uh, well done, Luke, I guess. Uh, what's more, the second episode continued with 2.5 million viewers, which was an 18% audience share and an increase of half a million compared to the equivalent episode in series one. No doubt BBC and Studio Lambert will be pretty happy with these numbers, as well as all of the mentions and memes of the show trending all over social media. Next up, again, I'm loath to report on this, but 
Uncloaked, the BBC's new official visual podcast, begins airing on Friday night on BBC Two. The show will be presented by comedian Ed Gamble and will feature brief interviews with banished and murdered contestants. We'll also get to see the reactions upon finding out the identity of the traitors. In fact, on the BBC's social media right now, you can already see a preview clip of Sonia and Aubrey opening a secret revealing envelope together in the castle. If you listen to the audio-only version on BBC Sounds, you'll also be able to hear a slightly extended version of the visual version on BBC Two. However, as my co-host and I have mentioned on the podcast recently, keep in mind that Uncloaked will be fairly biased in various ways and probably won't really delve into controversial areas or give a really unfiltered, honest opinion about what's actually happening in the show. Which is why listening to The Traitor is truly the best way to feed your love of The Traitors and listen to a real discussion about what's going on. Finally, the BBC have launched an online Traitors game. Jamie Dodds at BBC Entertainment says, The game offers fans of The Traitors the chance to immerse themselves in the world of the show and play along with all the betrayals, mind games and manipulations of this epic new series. It's a great way for people at home to see if they can think like a traitor. The game will launch on Friday night after episode three has aired on UK TV. And it's a point building game based on players' predictions about murders and banishments, as well as your ability to answer questions along the course of the series. I'm kind of more excited about this than the Uncloaked podcast. <laughs> there, I said it. And I think it could be fun for Trader listeners to play along together and compare points. Not that I'm competitive or anything. My co-host today then is David Bloomberg. Now, if you've listened to The Trader before, you already know David. He hosted the entire Trader season for The Traitors Canada, co-hosted our spin-off season on Survivor UK with me, and has covered every Traitors finale with me since we began the podcast. He's basically part of the furniture. And <laughs> I feel like David should really introduce himself. <laughs> David, who are you? Apparently I'm a couch. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, Well, for those who may not know me already, uh, I have been covering reality TV for over 23 years, uh, starting with the first season of U.S. Survivor. I initially wrote about it online, expanded to newspaper columns, had my own reality TV websites for over a decade. Um, I'm probably most well known for having written up a set of uh, rules to help people play and win Survivor, which I expanded to other shows as well. No, I have not expanded them to the traders yet. Uh, <laughs> I, I have been asked, including by a trader. Uh, uh, and then for these rules, each week I would write a column about why each person lost, ending, of course, with why someone won. Uh, Eventually, my websites went down a few years later. Uh, those particular columns were reborn into a podcast on the Rob Has a Podcast Network. And I've now done those for over eight years on U.S. Survivor, as well as uh, um, expanding to U.S. Big Brother for a few years, too. Uh, and on top of all that, I post reality TV videos on TikTok, YouTube and Instagram. And I'm on the Tradar. Yes, I'm so. 
It's just a shame I couldn't find anyone with any more experience in reality TV. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm sorry. You know. <laughs> now, uh, David, we are going to be talking about episode three uh, of Traitors UK series two. But I am really eager to know what you think of episodes one and two. Who, what, what do you think of the contestants so far? Who are your favorites? Who are you not a fan of? <laughs> Well, you can guess who I'm the most <laughs> not a fan of. I'm actually kind of surprised you didn't mention it. Uh, but uh, yeah, coming into this episode, uh, my thoughts were that, you know, of, of the first two, of course, we have another self-proclaimed psychic. Uh, this one saying she was trained in it, yes, which I'm sure involved very rigorous A-levels. <laughs> Now, do I even know what I'm saying there? No, I don't actually know what A-levels are. I hear it all the time on British shows, but I don't know what they are. Uh, also, uh, we don't really have A-levels in Scotland, but it's, it's oh. like a SATs, I guess, in, in America. Okay. Yeah. So I probably misused it then. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you get the picture. Uh, you know, and she even said she would, quote, hopefully be getting a lot of help from the spirit world. Yeah, I'm sure she will be getting exactly as much help as all the other quote unquote psychics on the previous series. <laughs> um, and the funny thing is, the spirit world apparently steered her wrong at the first roundtable as she voted Anthony. Yeah. Um, now, she does up to this point appear to have the power of invisibility. Uh, because I think in the first two episodes, all we saw was her introduction and that incorrect <laughs> vote. <laughs> uh, anyone else you're you're not enjoying so far? <laughs> well, it's not a matter of not enjoying. I, I but um, Diane should be held up <laughs> as the perfect example of how not of to what play not the to game. Do. Yes, uh... yeah. Uh, you know, starting from insisting to Harry that he was nervous at the, I don't know, traitor designation ceremony uh, to just generally being so strident in how she has dealt with everyone. Uh, I, I've seen some people on social media just loving her because she is this way. And that's fine. You can love her character, but she's just not a good player. Yeah, she... Yeah, Twitter is all over Diane um, yeah. as this sort of really funny figure to watch, but it seems to have completely bypassed her that every night the traitors choose someone to get rid of. Stop yes. making yourself that person. <laughs> so she just doesn't seem to be taking that in. Yeah. And not to mention the other players, you know, as uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about. Um, now uh, I, I did also, so that's for the players at this point. I mean, obviously um, you know uh, in, in terms of, those I like, I really like Paul. Everybody really likes Paul. Paul is going to be elected the next prime minister. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I like Harry. Uh, I like Ash. And so, you know, I, I like all the traitors, really. Um, and up till this point, they've been you know doing pretty well. Uh, so other than that, you know, there's some other people mixed in that, you know, we'll we'll talk about more as we go along. Um, I did want to say I like the way I, and I know you discussed this already, but I like the way the shield is being done. Yeah. Um, and I think we probably at some point talked about how 
this was the way I wanted it to be a choice like it is on the mole. You either go for the shield or you go for the money. Uh, and I always say, go for the shield because you can't win the money if you're murdered. Yeah. Uh, it's like at one point, Claudia said, uh, it's your money or your life. Yeah, except it's not your money till you win the game. Yeah. Now, when I say that, though, that, you know, go for the shield in this, the way they've set it up, it's often so obvious. You have to take into account how others view what you're doing, because you also can't win the money if you piss everyone else off and, and are banished. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Uh, so. You know, there's a there is a balance there. It's not quite as black and white as I would normally say because it is just so obvious in this case. Um, now, you will be happy to know on another topic that I have grown to appreciate Claudia's hosting more and more. Yeah. Uh, you know, previously I was like, yeah, she's fine, but I don't know about this. I don't know about that. Uh, she's not only funny. But, I, you know, previously, I guess I didn't really like the way she got involved. But for whatever has changed, I do. I, I, I like the way that she's getting angry at them for taking too long <laughs> or yelling at them to hurry up. You know, normally the way I viewed it before, I'm like, oh, she's getting too involved. But the way she's doing it, I don't know if it's different this season or just my own state of mind. But. I, I I really found that to be funny. And at one point she even, you know, turned to the camera in one of the episodes and said, I really shouldn't be getting this mad or something like that. <laughs> yeah, she does. I think it's all the British uh, TV shows you've been watching. You're, you're becoming an Anglophile. You're like, you're I, developing our British sense. <laughs> I've been watching British TV shows since I was like in high school. So uh, if uh, uh you, if people like Claudia, I definitely recommend the the Graham Norton show, the New Year's Eve edition of the Graham Norton show. Claudia was a guest, and she talked a little bit about the new series of the Traitors. Uh, but she, just in general, was was really funny. She was on the couch with Mark Ruffalo and Emma Stone, who mm -hmm. had no idea what the Traitors was. <laughs> uh, but uh, Claudia did a good job of sort of bringing it to life, and uh, she was she was a really good laugh. Uh, mm. So. Okay. Now, one more thing I just wanted to say. I'm enjoying these cover versions of the various appropriate older rock songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who Can It Be Now, as Claudia knocked on the door of the fourth trader, particularly made me laugh. Uh, as I used to have that as my ringtone for unknown callers. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It seems more in place here than it was when they did similar things on uh survivor uk yeah uh yeah I've, I've seen a lot of that on social media people really enjoying this the soundtrack choices uh so it seems to be very popular mm -hmm. i've got to backtrack a little bit to something you said uh you said you like paul i like paul too and you said oh everyone likes paul i think a lot of people don't like paul um chris who was my co-host on the previous episode not a fan of Paul at all. Uh, and I've <laughs> seen some social media comments. People are finding him quite, quite uh, worrying, like quite sort of threatening. Uh, the <laughs> the phrase psychopathic tendencies might have been used <laughs> by Chris. I mean, that's I, I like probably Paul. why I like him. That, <laughs> that's an advantage in a game like this. Well, that's what I think. I think yeah. you're, he's, he's just, he's, he wants to win the game. Uh, and he's going to be ruthless, and that doesn't really bother me. 
before we move on then and talk about episode three, we're going to get ready for our own game that we should be playing. Again, for newer listeners, uh, we are playing a game called The Trader Traitor. The goal for David and I from here on in is to be very sneaky and devious and tell a lie to one another. The lie has to be a fabrication or a made-up fact. It can be big or small, elaborate or simple. It could be about the traitors, it could be about ourselves, it could be about anything. For example, uh, David could tell me that in episode three, he noticed Diane quickly change her vote on the slate right before she flipped it over. However, David's lie can't be a fake opinion, like saying he thinks the banishment room table is really ugly when actually he thinks it's beautiful. At the end of the episode, I can, have to... I can, I, I solemnly swear I have no recollection of what it looks like. So yeah, <laughs> it's stunning. Uh, at the end of the episode, we'll then put our traitor hunting skills to the test and decide what we thought the other person's lie was. David, we we're, we're, we should be like veterans of this game. Oh, yeah. at this point. Which doesn't mean I've become any good at it, but I do know how it works. Uh, are you ready to betray me? Oh, I'm ready. Excellent. In that case, our game, The Trader Traitor, begins from this moment on. And it's time for us to talk about episode three of The Traitors UK series two. <laughs> So we start off with a bit of a recap, what's come before. We're reminded that the fourth traitor was revealed in episode two. The fourth traitor is Miles. Uh, Aubrey was murdered off by the traitors. Diane is obsessed with Anthony, but also has suspicions about Ash. Uh, Sonia was overwhelmingly banished uh, at the round table with 15 votes, but she was a faithful, of course. Diane had this very... Uh, yes. strange reaction that she probably shouldn't have had and it looks like Kyra, Johnny and Meg are up for murder we begin at breakfast then uh, we, there's a there's a little further kind of uh, flashback to Traitor's Tower uh, that still keeps things vague we, we just see them discussing a little bit more who mm-hmm. they might want to murder uh, in the breakfast room itself, Aubrey and Sonia's portraits are up on the wall. They have the big red crosses through them to remind us that they are gone forever. Unless there's some wild twist and they come back, which I don't see happening. Yes. Anthony uh, has a chat to Diane at breakfast. Uh, he kind of wants to start over with her. And she's nodding along, but in her confessional, in her interview, she says she still thinks he's a traitor. <laughs> uh, Paul brings up Diane's uh, this weird celebration that she had at Sonia's banishment when she checks out, yes, as soon as Sonia said that she was a faithful. Um, she she reiterates why she did that. She says, well, she thought her her insistence that Sonia was a faithful was vindicated in that moment. Um, and and she, but Diane thinks this makes her look good. She's saying, well, at least I, at least people know I'm not a traitor. And I I don't know if that's totally watertight i mean i think they would know she's not a good trader because a you know someone who's a trader should not be celebrating at the banishment of a faithful you know you you would hope (laughs) they would be smarter than that (laughs) yeah uh 
I, I, I don't know if people... I mean, you, you could probably convince yourself of anything in this game. Yes. So I can yeah. imagine people seeing her doing that and then convincing themselves, no, she is a traitor, and she did that deliberately to act mm-hmm. like a faith. So I, I don't know what effect it's going to end up having long-term. Well, we'll see at the end of this episode. Yes. It yeah. kind of does have a bit of an effect. Yeah. We just don't know the outcome. Uh, Charlie also thinks that Diane's reaction was quite strange. So, you know, we know that mm-hmm. this is going to stick around for a while. Uh, during the discussions at breakfast, Ash's name is floating around, um, and Miles and Harry, who are traitors, notice this. They're a little bit worried. Maybe some foreshadowing there. Andrew tells Paul about Zach's theory, his strange theory from the day before. Zach came up with this theory that uh, Diane was a was a, a mother to a son who was here in the game, Interesting. Um, she, the, Zach thinks that Paul is the son of Diane, which at this point seems wild. However, we'll we'll see what happens as the episode goes on. I I have a question for you, David. Okay. Do you think <laughs> Zach is a Big Brother US fan and was influenced by Sari <laughs> having her son in the Big Brother house? I mean, I I guess this was recorded when. Big Brother US had already started. Yeah, I'm trying to. Th- I was trying to match up the timelines because I think they filmed in October. Yeah, it could, it could be. Um, <laughs> you know, plus was it uh, okay? You're gonna have to help me out here. What it was the UK series that had a boyfriend girlfriend last yeah, time, right? That's right, Alex. And so Tom. they already had a twist like this. Yeah, yeah. So it's smart to think of it. You know, and they both have red hair, so that's obvious. Even, <laughs> well, even the... though Diane dyes her hair red, yes. but still, that's a uh, trivial, trivial matter. Yeah, yeah. So we are down to the final three people to arrive. It's uh, Johnny, Ash, and Meg um, appear, and that means that Kyra is gone. Kyra has been mm-hmm. murdered. We get a little flashback to her, uh, or we get a flashback to the traitors discussing why they murdered her, and it is what they said at the end of the last episode. They think she's too commandeering and therefore maybe quite persuasive. And they don't like persuasive people. Yeah, I I have two things. One, for the people walking in to breakfast. Yes. I like having several people be the last in instead of one because it divides the attention a bit. So we don't have a repeat that we saw in the Traders Canada with Melissa B being the last to come in solo and having to act sad and surprised while literally everyone is staring at her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hadn't thought of it that way. Like I'd I'd thought, Oh, this is good because it, it avoids the whole, the final person walking in as beautiful. But yeah, you're right. It, yeah, it makes it not so difficult for one single person to have to mm-hmm. act a certain way. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it like that. So yeah, yeah, that's smart. Um, and then, and then, as far as Kyra, I mean, I was originally going to mention my thoughts on Kyra at the beginning, but then I, I you know, I had written them up beforehand, and then when I saw she was murdered, I was like, oh, I'll just talk about them now. Um, you know, she ran to get the very first shield but then complained about the red team getting the shields in episode two. Yes. Someone even pointed out at the round table. She was being a hypocrite, but she denied it, even though it was plain as day. That's exactly what she was doing. And worse, because she used up valuable time to get her shield while the bird watchers literally didn't use up any time. Yeah. And, you know, but 
Then we hear from the traders that she won everyone over. So I guess she did something right, except it showed, like you said, her persuasiveness. If she could put herself into this bad a situation, she dug herself this deep a hole and she still got out of it with everybody. Oh, we need to get rid of someone like that. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Uh, we see Kyra receiving her letter, telling her that she's been murdered. And <laughs> there was a moment here that also really made me think of you, David. She <laughs> acknowledges that she was too outspoken. And, she, and I thought, oh, that's quite sort of self-reflective. Mm-hmm. She says... Yeah, I probably didn't really find the balance. And then proceeds to say, moments later, her favorite line, but I have no regrets. And I oh, thought, God. Really? You you don't regret the thing you just admitted cost you £120,000? <laughs> okay. Um, sh- <laughs> you do you, Kyra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, there, there's a good reason you thought of me for that. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. Wild. Um, um, but you know, even the previous, uh, you know, when Aubrey was murdered, I don't remember, I, I didn't write it down. I, I have a video of it that I'll be posting, but he said something. Uh, and then at the end of it, he was like, oh, they probably thought I was this and this and this. And they said their loss. And I'm like, no, it's not their loss. It's, it's your it's loss. Your loss. <laughs> literally. It's literally your loss. <laughs> yeah. But I always, when I see these moments of people being murdered and receiving the letter, I always imagine myself in that scenario. I would be devastated. I'd be so mad at myself. I'd be going, oh, I wish I had done this and that. Oh, this is so annoying. I wouldn't be going, well, do you know what? No regrets. <laughs> like, I'd be mad. I, I think a lot of it, it, well, it's a couple things. One, a lot of people don't really understand themselves. Uh, but the thing was, she said, like you noted, she said, this is what I did wrong. Yeah. And then the other thing is, they don't want to beat themselves up. Yeah, sure. You know, that's yeah. that's why we're here. Uh, so, <laughs> so they so they just have to tell themselves, well, I played it how I played it, no regrets, and that way they can just set it all aside, or at least they're telling themselves to set it all aside and move forward with life. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's a, a psychological sort of ego aspect to right. It. That makes sense. Uh, Still wrong, yeah. but yes, it's a, you know. <laughs> Uh, so back at breakfast then, uh, Claudia gives them a little bit of a clue about the mission today. Uh, she says that, I really hope you won't be clutching at straws. And she informs them that they, they're going to have to split into three teams, two sixes and a seven. So uh, before we get to the post-breakfast thing, I did want to say one other thing. I expected the traders to go for Johnny because they talked about wanting shock and awe. So did and- I- and yeah, I mean, they were right in saying nobody is ever going to banish him. He's popular. He's a veteran. He was injured in war. He, you know, all these things. And don't get me wrong. I think he's great. But in a game like this, great needs to go. And I think they're just putting off the inevitable at this point. Yeah, I thought the the same thing. In the episode two recap, this is what I predicted. I my prediction was that they were going to murder Johnny. Mm-hmm. So because and I think Harry even finished episode two by saying, "Yeah, this is going to be a real shock. This is going to cause chaos yeah. in the game." But then they murdered Kyra, and I thought, "Oh, okay, that's not that shocking." Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, 
In the house then after breakfast, we see the players uh, discussing what's happened. Charlotte is gutted that Kyra's gone, uh, but recognises that, or, or thinks that Kyra was seen as a threat to the traitors. I, I, I guess she was, I guess. that. Well, mm-hmm. that's what they thought, and even if she actually wasn't, that's what they thought. Right. Uh, Harry, I think, is doing a great job of playing the sort of naive young kid. I mean, mm-hmm. he is young, he's 22, but he's very deliberately trying to appear, um, you know, young and gullible and like he doesn't really know what's going on. So I- I'm quite impressed with Harry. Yeah, he's playing the uh, Matthew from Survivor UK role. Yeah, absolutely. And Charlie has completely bought this hook, line and sinker. Uh, it's this this moment between Charlie so Charlie says something like oh he's he's definitely a faithful or something like that mm-hmm. it very much reminds me of Hannah and Wilf from series one so Wilf was a traitor <laughs> and Hannah was adamant throughout the series that Wilf was her number one most trusted person and there was no doubt in her mind that he was a faithful um so it it, it just sort of brought that back to me <laughs> Tracy then your favorite Tracy uh <laughs> goes into clairvoyant mode uh, okay can kitchen. i just take this over now because i you know i'm gonna have stuff to say about this or do you want to uh well i'm probably going to say the exact same thing well not the exact same thing as you because i i'm not quite as skeptical as david like i i want to be a believer i'm quite open-minded however even i will admit that when tracy says i see a lot of things in your childhood that have made you into the person that you are i was like um that's just every human being Yes. Okay. So now you've launched me. So here I go. Okay. Uh, so yes, I, 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 here I go. I type out my notes beforehand about Tracy being invisible. And then we get a whole segment on, and you know, she starts by saying it's been very difficult to tune into individual auras. Yeah. Because they don't exist and you're not dealing with willing clients who want you to tell them things and want to believe that's why, but, You know, she has this reading with Anthony and it sounds at first like he's skeptical, too. So he's trying not to give anything away. Yeah. And she's immediately wrong about his star sign, (laughs) saying he's a Capricorn when he's actually a Leo. Maybe his his moon, his his moon rising is in Capricorn or whatever. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, And then she blows right by it as soon as he tells her no, you're wrong. He blows by it, which is what all supposed psychics do when they're wrong. They you they want you to ignore the misses and remember the hits. That's standard. And then she goes to those general statements that apply to everyone, which is another standard tactic. You already mentioned the key one. And as a matter of fact, this is so standard that there is a fake astrological reading that was made up by, I believe, the magician and skeptic, the amazing Randy. And it's used in demonstrations. So I was a guest at a college class on pseudoscience. This goes back, I don't know, 15, 20 years, something like that. Um, And I did the same thing. So the 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 professor told that he got the birth dates of all his students And then he told them he was having an astrologer do individualized readings for them. And so I come in playing the role of the astrologer and I hand them each envelopes with their names on. it. And we ask them to read them in private and then we have them raise their hands. How many think this is very accurate? 
how many think it's accurate, etc. And the vast majority thought it was dead on, just like every other time this demonstration has been done. And then we had them swap. And as they start reading, they realize they have all been given the exact same, same astrological reading. Yeah. It's with such general statements. And they all thought that it was individualized for themselves. And it was just amazing. And it's exactly what Tracy is doing here. Uh, and so, yeah, like you said, everyone's going to say yes, or almost everyone's going to say yes about this. And if he had said no, she would have blown right past it. Uh, it's it's like the standard line of I see someone whose name begins with J and is part of your life <laughs> that fits just about everyone. And so uh, many, many years ago, there was a local psychic psychic in big quotation marks uh, who a number of my coworkers were going to see. And they started talking about it. And that J line was one of the ones they were talking about. And I, 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 I couldn't stop myself. I poked my head in the cubicle and I was like, if they know it begins with J, why not just give you the name? <laughs> you know, because you're giving them the name. And uh, I mean, I'm guessing J is like everyone knows a John. Like a my John, John, a Jack, so a Jake, a Joe, uh, you know, I, I mean, a Jeff. Uh, so yeah, it, you know, um, and, uh, my coworker was not happy at all. <laughs> uh, um, uh, and then a few years later, uh, different coworker, uh, but, uh, the psychic had, had died. And I asked another coworker who frequently went to see her if she knew of people with appointments later in the year. And she said, yes. <laughs> and I was like, huh. You would think the appointment book should have been empty after that day. <laughs> Maybe it, you know, I was going to try and defend the psychic, but I won't. I'm, yeah. I'm, it's fruitless. So I'm not going to get anywhere. Uh, um, but yes, so um, it, it's, yeah. I, I mean, this was all very, very standard stuff uh, that you can find uh, any you know, any cold reader, any anyone like that. Uh, so it was just interesting to see it play out and acting like this meant anything. But yes, so they're OK. <laughs> End of rant. Um, thank you. I, I, I knew <laughs> that you would um, have a lot to say there. Uh, it was again, nice of them to hold it till uh, till episode three for well, exactly. They knew <laughs> uh, again. I, I, I'm not as skeptical as david but even i thought oh come on give it give it something better than this tracy like <laughs> and maybe she did maybe there was a whole part of this reading that was mind-blowing they just mm. chose not to show it in the mm -hmm. edit for some reason i don't know they wanted to protect they wanted to uh hide the the reading hide yes. her true power that's yeah, what they wanted exactly. to um so uh after anthony's reading and quotation marks <laughs> uh Paul chats to Diane and Paul tells her, oh, you know, Zach's got this theory that you're my mum. Uh, he, he he uses a weird choice of phrase uh, because he says, he says to her, that's spooky. And for a second, I when he said that's spooky, I thought he was going to then say that's spooky because you are my mum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I don't know why he said it was spooky. I, I think he just meant, isn't that kind of like, weird or I don't I don't know why he said that. Um 
Paul uh, then goes on and he tells Johnny and Brian about it too. And then we cut to this sort of confessional. We've got this MIV, this main interview with Diane. And Diane talks about Paul and says, oh, isn't it funny? I mean, as if he could be my son. She says he's way too tall and has the no, wrong he's, color. <laughs> he's three times my size is what he said. <laughs> yeah. And, and has the wrong color hair. And I thought, okay, I mean, sometimes sons are taller than their mothers. Yes. I <laughs> don't have the same most, color here. But most, okay. I mean, both, yeah, yeah. Both of my kids are taller than me so, and yeah. certainly my wife. <laughs> I thought that's not the reason that uh, yeah. <laughs> he's not your son. Um, but then comes the bombshell of the episode yes. and she reveals... Paul isn't my son, but Ross is. So Zach weirdly was kind of right that there was a mother-son relationship. Like I, I don't know. How, is this maybe Zach is the real psychic? Oh, there we go. Zach psychically picked up, and the auras of the people around him that there was a mother, some spirit told him there's I mean, a mother-son here. I mean, Zach can't even pick up what people are directly telling him to his face. So <laughs> I, I don't think he's picking up uh, hidden meanings and things. That's true. Zach can't pick up when he's being really annoying and offensive and people yeah. are telling him to shut up. So yeah. uh, but it's, it's it's still weird. It's, some, it's, it's very, very bizarre that they kind of almost got, well, Diane kind of almost got rumbled uh, in a way. Right. Um. What's brilliant about this moment is uh, there's, there's there's this like dramatic montage of mm-hmm. music and photographs. Someone on Twitter said it was like a scene from a Saw movie. Like <laughs> the these photo montages of Diane and Ross as a young child. And we get a flashback to Ross on the train with Diane saying, oh, I've, I applied because my mum my mom put me up to it. Yeah. And then we've got a clip of Ross in his interview and he says this really funny thing. He says... So it turns out Diane is my mum. Like the way he says it turns, it turns out, out. As, if, yeah. as if he just found out. Yeah. Like, turns out she's my mum. Like uh, it really made me laugh. That um, would be an episode of like a daytime daytime talk show uh, here in the US. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if they have those. I don't know if they have those by you, but yeah, they have. Uh, yeah, like uh, Montel. I mean, this is a bit old yeah. now, but like Ricky Maury Povich. And, yeah. yeah, Maury and uh, Jerry Springer. Um yeah, there's there's another flashback as well to him talking to Diane, and he says, "Well, I'm going to have to call you Diane. I can't slip up and call you Mum." Yeah, uh, which would be gr- if he does that one day, like at a round table, that would be the best moment. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm I'm manifesting that. I mean, so on U.S. Big Brother, they had a similar situation: a mother and son, and to avoid him accidentally calling her mom. There was another older woman in the house also. Yeah. And he was like, and so he was like, well, can I just call you Mama C and Mama Fee? And called them both Mama. And therefore, if he accidentally slipped, no one would have thought anything about it. And on, on U.S. reality TV, in my opinion, far too often, they call the older women Mama. Okay. And I mean, it happened on the most recent U.S. Survivor, too. It was Mama J, who was Julie, who, you know, yeah, she does have kids, but her kids were not as old as the people she was playing with here. And uh, so so it just happens frequently that the older woman gets tagged as Mama whatever, uh, which is often not real good for their game. But in this case, he did it 
apparently very specifically to avoid accidentally slipping. Uh, so he, he what he so uh, yeah, what he needed to do here was say, Diane, can I call you Mama Dean? You know, <laughs> probably wouldn't be the same in a British show. It would be yeah. like Mum D or something like that. And even that, I think British people would find it really yes. weird. Yes. <laughs> uh, but that's a, it's a clever tactic that the, the US Big Brother guy used. Mm-hmm. I think that's quite smart. Uh, so if, if, yeah, if, I mean, I'm now just desperate to see if at some point in this series there, there is some slip up. I mean, of course, I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but yeah, Diane may not be around for much longer right. for us to find out. So, so uh, we don't know. Um, and again, the we've talked about this already, but this all reminded me that in series one we had Alex and Tom mm-hmm. who were secret uh, boyfriend and girlfriend, uh, and then it did come out in the open because Tom chose to just tell everybody one day, uh, which ended up being a catastrophic episode yes. that was amazing television. <laughs> um, now but- I. The other thing was that I, I thought it was funny that she blindsided her own son by bringing it up in front of him. Yes. Without, you know, they're all standing in the kitchen and she's like, so uh, I hear that you think my son is in the game uh, to uh, to Zach, I guess. And he's just like, what? What the hell's going on? Here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's almost like she was like toying with Ross. Yeah. Like she wanted to make him laugh or something. <laughs> um, it was a great moment. It's, I mean, it's definitely heavily produced. And what I mean is they've obviously been cast together very deliberately. And mm-hmm. I reckon they've been told, look, it would be great if you didn't tell everybody, keep it a secret. Um, and they've they've gone along with it and thought, all oh, right, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. I, I, well, I think they'd be pretty dumb to not keep it a secret, after, especially after seeing what happened last yeah. season, like you just mentioned. You know, yeah. I mean, if... If I find out that there's a mother and son in the game, oh, no, I'm getting rid of them right away. Yeah. Whether I'm a traitor or a faithful, but especially as a traitor, I'm getting rid of them right away. Yeah, because they ha- have a natural alliance that you right. just don't want. You don't want two yeah. people who are going to help each other out no matter what. I-, I mean, unless one of them is really brutal and backstabbed. Like if Ross <laughs> voted out uh, his mom, <laughs> that would be amazing. Or actually worse, if she voted out her son. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... I- I, I I love it. I, it guarantees built-in tension. It guarantees mm-hmm. a bit of storyline. I mean, unless one of them had been banished or murdered in the first two episodes, that the you know producers probably would have been really annoyed about it. But yeah, uh, they they've made it to episode three anyway. Um, so after this revelation that social media is going wild over, we move on to the mission for the episode. Uh, Claudia says that it's all about what you think of your fellow players. She tells them there's £10,000 available. It reminds me of a task in series one where they drove around in the cars and they had to follow a path and there were clues along the way about... Oh, yeah. About a certain... It was very, very similar. Uh, So the teams have... Before we do this, I just want to say, when I saw how they were dressed for this mission in their flannels... (laughs) <laughs> I thought it was going to be lumberjack related somehow. And I thought I was getting ready to sing some Monty Python here. Uh, no, that's just what we wear to go outside. Uh, <laughs> so the teams have to follow paths and the grounds of the castle. There are questions along the way and scarecrows that hold keys that lead on to the next clues and so on. And there are some shields on offer along the way. 
apparently they only have 20 minutes to do this. Again, I don't believe the time limits on these <laughs> tasks. I I just don't believe they did this in 20 minutes. Uh, so they have uh, they have to answer questions. Things like, who is most likely to believe a conspiracy theory? Apparently the answer here is Zach. Uh, according to the group, who is the biggest sheep? The answer turns out to be Brian, which could have been a moment that we then forgot about for the rest of the episode. Oh, no. But this no. ends up being a very crucial factor in what unfolds from here on in. Yeah, so I want to... You know that I had to comment on Tracy and and the conspiracy theory stuff. Yeah, I I don't know why they think it's Zach. That's the first part. Like I know Zach is, you know, just says whatever's on his mind. But um, you know, initially someone said, well, uh, yeah, it's obviously Tracy, and she even said it though sarcastically. If you believe in the stuff she does, it's it, you know, she's like, well, I guess that means you. Be I believe in conspiracy. Yes. Yes, it's actually been shown scientifically through studies. If you believe in that sort of thing, you believe other conspiracies. Yeah. And so, yeah, I absolutely would have been like, no, it is Tracy. It is Tracy. And then so for it to be Zach, I was just like, whoa, OK, <laughs> it's it's almost like people just don't like Zach. And so therefore <laughs> anything negative, they put down him. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think he his job is uh, he works in politics. He's like a political mm -hmm. advisor or something, but he also has a YouTube channel. And I don't know what the YouTube channel is about, but ah. I, I don't know if that people knew that and thought, oh, well, if he does that, maybe he watches like wild YouTube videos or something. Okay. Um, that's just a guess. Um, what, what I did wonder though, during this mission is how did they get these answers? So we know that the, the, the answers are based on a questionnaire oh. that the contestants completed before the game but i still don't really know how that works um because uh, so there are they just asked questions like who do you think is the biggest mm -hmm. conspiracy theorist in that case they didn't at what point in filming i wonder did they do this they obviously had to get to know each other a little bit so they must have done this after maybe the first two or three days uh, my guess is they sent it with them overnight or yeah, something like yeah, that like the night you before. know the night before and then they tallied it up um, you know, because there have been challenges similar to this in Survivor where they just quickly fill out something mm -hmm. and then they have to in this case, it's for individual challenges and they, you know, have like a flipboard <laughs> where they say, OK, who do you think uh, was uh, voted the most likely to stab you in the back, you know, or or whatever. And yeah, by the end of it, we even saw a couple people saying, well, I voted this per. I wrote down this person. Did you write down? OK, if, if both of us and a couple others wrote them, they must be the answer. Yeah. So they were kind of metagaming it. Yeah. The final question in the game is who is most popular? And the answer is Paul, which well, I find very interesting. <laughs> well, well, you love him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I find this very interesting. And I, I get, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but... So Brian was voted the biggest sheep and mm -hmm. he later on in banishment becomes really upset about this and bothered by it. I think being voted the biggest sheep in this game is not a bad thing. Yes, exactly. You've been it's, reading my notes. If he, anyone should be worried, it's Paul. Yes. Yeah. He, he was like, I'm going to be more vocal. 
No, you're you're learning the wrong lesson here. Who cares if you're a sheep? Sheep are usually safe in this game. Yeah. By your way all the way to the end. I don't care. Now, the one thing is in the other car they were discussing targeting some of the quieter players, but who cares? I mean, the other thing is there've been what? Was there one vote or two votes so far? What I mean, you know, there's been one banishment. One banishment. How can you be the biggest sheep from one banishment? <laughs> you know, I think it was maybe a little too early to, you know, ask a question like that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. He it's like be a sheep until you need to turn in, you know, take off the, the disguise and turn into the big bad wolf. Yeah. Uh, I mean, great for the producers must have been like the excellent. This is exactly what we wanted. We wanted yeah. this to stir things up and cause conflict. But yeah, Brian should have been quite happy to be voted the biggest sheep because, yeah, it means that, well, I'm not really a target. They don't think I'm a traitor right. if I'm a sheep. So interesting. Um, yeah. Back to the mission, though. Uh, they arrive uh, after following the set of clues and the answers to the surveys. They arrive in the, this field of gold, which is loads of creepy scarecrows uh, and a sign that suggests that the scarecrows who have hats on may contain shields and the others may contain gold. It's basically then a race against time to rip them apart and find mm -hmm. what they can find. Zach finds a shield. Well, uh, Zach first tells everyone to go for the gold. <laughs> and then, and then he finds a shield goes for the shield and even and tells us well i might look like a hypocrite but i wanted to be safe uh, and this goes back to the what i had said earlier his problem isn't that he's in danger from the traitors he's in danger of banishment and quite frankly he should already know that but like we were saying earlier he can't read what people are directly telling him um so yeah uh, you know i said earlier a shield is more important than gold but you have to take into account what others think of you. And Zach clearly is not taking that into account at all. Yeah. And we see Charlotte gets very annoyed with him for this very reason. Mm -hmm. She's she's annoyed because he, he told everyone not to go for the hat of scarecrows and then does that exact thing. Uh, Jasmine also gets a shield and <laughs> claims she didn't know the hatted scarecrows had shields. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't... I don't think I believe that. Uh, I I do. I mean, unless you like if she was I don't remember which group she was in when she was running up there. But if you were like the third group running up and you already saw people tearing into scarecrows, yeah, you might not have stopped to get all the details. That's true. Uh, yeah, maybe she's maybe I was being too harsh. Here. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Jasmine. Uh, after the mission, then uh, the we go. We're back in the cars. Ash is trying to suss out what everyone is thinking. She says that she's trying her best to channel being a faithful. She, you know, she's trying to take on that mindset mm -hmm. and think, well, if I was a faithful, how would I behave? What would I do? Paul is half pretending he's really worried about being seen as popular, but he's not really worried about it. Um, it's, it, and we've talked about this. I, I think he should be very worried about being seen as popular. Well, he should be if he were faithful. Yeah. Um, what he shouldn't be doing, quite honestly, now, and I, I'm just thinking of this now as you're describing it, he really shouldn't be talking about how he might be a target of the traitors because he's the most popular. Because now, when he doesn't get murdered... 
people are going to be like, huh, yeah, that is real weird that uh, Paul isn't being murdered. Wonder yeah. why that is. Yeah, he probably should just have never mentioned it again. Right. <laughs> Still just not spend yeah. life. Someone else yeah. brought it up. Don't go there. Yeah. Um, in the cars, Diane brings up Ash again. She thinks that Ash is uh, too quiet and that there's something suspicious about her. <laughs> we then arrive back to the house. And so before the round table, we have some more discussions around the castle. Mm -hmm. uh, Ross, <laughs> there's a sort of comedic scene. Ross uh, shades his own mother by saying oh, that his yes. mum's roasts aren't very good, uh, whilst to Diane is sitting there and obviously can't really defend herself. Um well, she does defend herself. She says, well, then we're, when we're done with this, you should come to my house and I, you'll see how good my roast is. She does. But I would have loved it if she just said something else like, well, my son's a horrible child and I can't yeah. stand and I'm so glad to be away from him. <laughs> He's so annoying. He doesn't appreciate it. So, <laughs> my son stinks. Um, so it, it, it made me think of, yeah, it was kind of like a sitcom. This or, funny. Yeah, or she could have said, you know, this is going to be on TV. I bet your mother will not appreciate <laughs> hearing that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul is uh, lavishing Zach with praise in the kitchen, which is a bit weird. And Charlotte, I guess Charlotte's not a fan. She finds Zach rude. She didn't like what he did in the mission. Um, he, again, he makes this comment that he thinks is really funny, but it's mm -hmm. just so dangerous. So... She comes in and mentions going for dinner, and he says, "What your last supper?" Now, yeah. Zach, stop saying stupid things like this. Like he, it's obviously a joke, but in this gate, people pick up on the smallest of things. They, all, mm -hmm. they already did it in in another episode um, when he talked about sleeping easy. Yeah, and everyone jumped on it and thought it was very sus of him. So he's not like he's not realizing that he needs to rein it in a bit. So, I mean, I already think he, he's going to get himself banished at some point. Um, yeah. I, I, I yeah. think that's how he's going to, I don't think he's going to get murdered. He's someone who's going to get banished. Yeah. Uh, why would you? Why would, if you're a traitor, don't bother to go after him. Yeah. You know, and, and this is a guy who works in politics, in politics. Well, okay. I was about <laughs> to say, you can't go around making, making stupid statements like that too, but you know, I'm in the U S and clearly you can <laughs> say, do or anything you want and it won't matter. So yeah, I'm not going to sit here and defend the U S political system. <laughs> so never mind. I mean, Jasmine even tells Zach that he's kind of rubbing people up the wrong way, but we cut to his, his, his interviews, confessional, and he just sort of laughs it off, saying, well, it's just the way I am. And I, yeah, I don't understand why he's being so cavalier when there is a lot of money at mm -hmm. stake. I, I don't know what he's doing here. I, I mean, maybe it's just a nervous thing, actually. Maybe he's very anxious and he's all he knows how to do is laugh it off. But mm -hmm. it's very strange to watch. Yeah. Tracy talks to Diane and Tracy also thinks that Ash is a traitor. David, maybe she's picked up on something here in the auras. Yeah, yeah, a blind squirrel and an acorn. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Evie also notices that Ash is quite nervous and that she's asking people too many questions. She's moving around and asking what everyone, uh, who everyone's going to vote for. Uh, so it's not looking good for Ash right now. No. And then we move into the banishment room. We're at the round table. 
Okay, so I if sorry, I just had a couple things before. Okay. Uh so um Diane must have heard me criticize her game earlier. She just must have known, you know, because she made a smart decision in saying that while she still believed Anthony is a traitor, she would not mention his name at the round table until more people were on board. And this is something, of course, we've discussed before. You can't just go in there and insist on your way. You need to make sure you at least have a fair number of people on your side. Yeah. Uh, so she's learning. She She's learning. Yeah. Um. And then the other thing was you mentioned how people were suspicious of Ash. And but then we have Ash in confessional saying she didn't think anyone suspected any of the traders yet. She had been told in the traders turret the night before that her name had, in fact, already come up. And we know that this was not like some out of place shot from earlier in the game or something because she was wearing her lumberjack shirt. <laughs> So I, I don't did she forget that whole discussion where they said, yeah, actually, we've heard your name come up. I, I, I don't know. I don't understand. Uh, yeah, that's I, I, unless she she just means, well, you know, 24 hours have passed. And yeah. since Harry told me that no one's mentioned it. So maybe I'm OK now. I, yeah. Maybe she was just speaking like really short term. Could so, be. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. At the round table, uh, Brian wants to begin oh brian this is where it all goes wrong wow wait hey hey come on you're reading my notes again my first note is oh brian <laughs> uh, he's really worked up about the the sheep thing from earlier that he was voted the biggest sheep i don't think anyone but him actually cares about it uh, no he very awkwardly tries to defend himself and it I even got the impression he looked quite emotional, like he was personally upset about it, which is fine. You can be personally upset about it, but it's got nothing to do with the game. It's just It just all strikes me as very, very strange and awkward. Um, Zach speaks next. He says, <laughs> he says, we don't have to go. <laughs> he says this weird thing. We don't have facts to go on like last night. And I think, um, Zach, last night you banished the faithful. You didn't have any facts to go on then either. What are you talking about? Um, and he thinks, you know what, tonight we're all just going to have to go on gut feelings. And I just thought, well, it's not it's not really different to last night, but okay. Uh, 
And going on gut feelings is also probably just not a great way. I just don't know what that means. That means something different to everybody around this table. So, okay, fine. Uh, Charlotte thinks that Zach is using the shield, you know, the fact that he went for the shield. She thinks that he's doing this to disguise the fact that actually he is a traitor and he's pretending to be a faithful by wanting the shield, which makes sense. It's a a Mm -hmm. good theory. Uh, Harry adds to this by saying that Zach is really winding people up and making silly comments that are quite annoying. Miles pitches into here and he says, yeah, Zach, your energy isn't matching everybody else's. I think what they mean is we're all anxious and worried because we're faithful, even though Harry and Miles are not faithful. Right. And they're trying to imply, Zach, you're so calm and you're, you're making these jokes that's probably because you're a traitor and you know you mm-hmm. don't need to worry about being... I think that's that's what the implication is. Uh, Jasmine then spotlights Brian and she she says, you know, you're you're being so anxious and jittery. Uh, so she, so I, I, I just think Brian has dug his own grave here. So if he hadn't And he keeps off, digging. Yeah, well, yeah, it just gets worse and worse. So he... I, I think if Brian hadn't spoken at the start, no no one would have mentioned the fact that no. he voted big issue. No one cares about that. But because he brought it up so awkwardly, Jasmine is now saying, like, why are you talking about that? You're acting very strangely. And Johnny pitches in as well. He says he's suspicious of Brian because he thinks Brian's become a lot more confident overnight. Um, I think what he means is maybe confident isn't the right word, but vocal. Like he's speaking right, which- a lot more. Which he told us he was going to do because he didn't like being seen as a sheep, which you and I both said was a bad idea. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Diane, then, uh, she she wants to defend her strange outburst yesterday uh, when she jumped up and said yes mm-hmm. when Sonny was banished. Uh, and Ross uh, comes to his mum's aid and he, he kind of tries to defend it as well. Mm-hmm. I, I have this moment when I'm watching it that I'm paranoid. Someone is going to start looking at both of them and go, hey, you, you two kind of look alike. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm sure nobody will, but yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe Ross takes off his glasses and actually he does really look like his mum. Who knows? Um, Paul notices that big characters, as he calls them, big characters are leaving the game, like Sonia, Kyra and Aubrey, and that maybe they need to look at more quiet people uh, and he then turns on. I, I think that's him trying to deflect from himself because he was well, right, most popular. Right. So he turns towards Jazz and he says, "Jazz, your energy has changed. As if it's as if there's a weight playing on you." Uh, and Diane asks Jazz if he wants to defend himself, and he he basically says no. He just says like, and doesn't do anything. Which I, I actually like the move in this case. Because so many times when people defend themselves, they're like, oh, look at how defensive they were. They must be hiding something. Whereas yeah. his name had never come up before. Paul mentions it. He already knows Paul is the most popular person. If he gets into a debate with Paul, people are going to take Paul's side. Yeah. So just say, okay, that's your opinion. I know what I am and leave it. If no one else jumps in on it, you're good. Yeah, that's that's a, a good point. I, I feel like there's it's a situation in the traitors where there's kind of no it's it's kind of right. a, there's no right way to do it. Like you said, sometimes you can 
be accused of something. You can be accused of being a traitor and you don't say anything and people are like, oh, well, didn't even defend yourself. You haven't mm -hmm. said you're a faithful. Uh, and then on the other hand, people can defend themselves too much and people are like, hey, they were so defensive. That means they're... So, uh, yeah. I, I guess what you said is maybe Jazz just has to judge, well, who are the two people talking to me right now? One of them is Paul and Paul's mm -hmm. really popular. So I don't want to get into an argument with him. And Diane's also quite wild. <laughs> so yeah, I, maybe I don't really need to defend myself against her because she's already quite loud mouthed and yeah. maybe people aren't really paying attention to what Diane says. So, so maybe it is wise for him to just set this one out. Uh, Ross looks to Meg because she's also seems like quite a quiet, uh, a quiet character so far so quiet that when you said meg i was like meg and then i remembered <laughs> so yeah yeah she she just sort of vaguely says uh, ross basically says you know you're very quiet and she vaguely says that she's not that confident and uh, she just she just has no idea who the traitors are so she that's why she hasn't been speaking mm -hmm. um okay i i i don't think this is that wise in this case I, I don't know i i sort of thought she maybe should have said something a bit more convincing than that <laughs> um jazz it, it reminded i think i said this in a previous episode she reminded me a bit of Alyssa, who was one of the traitors in the first series of traitors uk who was likewise very quiet and as a traitor her technique was to just be very quiet and not mm -hmm. really respond when people spoke to her and I don't want to do spoilers, but it just didn't go very well for Alyssa. Yeah. So um, it reminded me of that when Meg didn't really say anything here. Jasmine points out that um, she she says, so I think she says to Meg, well, this is a bit useless to the faithful. She's like, if you don't, if you don't know who the traitors are and you don't want to talk about it, like you're not really helping us, which is true. Like, I, I, yeah. If you don't know who the traitors are, you, you've got to say something. You've got to look like you're part of the team. Uh, so I understand what Jasmine means here. Uh, Tracy then uh, focuses on Ash. Uh, Tracy, your favourite. Uh, she says Ash <laughs> is talking to too many people and asking who they all think uh, are the traitors. And then uh, there's, it's kind of that's all there is to that. And things take a weird turn at this point. It feels like the, the Claudia's about to bring things to a close. Yes, uh, because Brian, uh, we the camera shots don't show us it that clearly, but the way that Brian behaves is he seems to notice that Claudia has like stood in a particular position, right. or is literally about to speak, and he jumps in to interrupt her. And there is a very quick shot of that looks like Claudia mm -hmm. is about to speak and then stops, and he gives this weird speech, and he says, "I, I just want to jump in, and I'm going to be selfish for a moment. I want to." ask who's who's not going to vote for me and there's shots various reaction shots of other people <laughs> like what is what does he mean why is he asking this he's clearly incredibly nervous and anxious even though he said he wasn't anxious <laughs> but yeah. he is um yeah and then he says I've, I've got no idea what to write down and andrew asks well what's your question got to do with what you're going to write down like why are you asking who's not voting how is that going to help you decide it's all very weird mm -hmm. he clearly did interrupt claudia because everyone is having quite an extreme reaction to it and we we don't 
get the, the chance for it to go much further because Claudia then does stop things and the votes begin. Yeah, and this is the thing. So, first of all, he was not a target. Then he overreacts to the whole sheep thing. So he opens the round table. Everybody then moves past it. Targeting, you know, it looks like everything is leaning towards Ash. At least that's what it looked like to us. Yeah. And then rather than just let that happen, he brings it back to himself again, which tells me he was not really paying attention. <laughs> he was so focused on himself. that That's all he can worry about. And he brings it up again. And it's like, are you trying to get yourself banished? Because you're doing a really, really good job of it right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the only defense I can have is he, he, he's an anxious, nervous person and right. he's just overwhelmed and he, he really can't help it. B, maybe it's crafty editing. And actually, mm -hmm. maybe they did talk about Brian quite a lot and we just don't get to see it. And so they yeah. very craftily and cleverly made it look bad for Brian. That, that could be the case. Possible. It's possible. So the votes start to come in. The first five votes are, are a complete split. Ash mm -hmm. has won. Brian has won. Meg has won. Diane has won. And Zach has won. We move on to the next five. And at the end now, of the next five, oh, yeah. Was Ash, when was Ash? I can't remember when Ash was in there, but um, whenever Ash, she was. Ash was the, do you mean to vote or to receive a vote? To, to vote. I, I'm uh, not sure she's voted yet. Okay. I think, uh, I can't, I can't remember. Okay, well, whenever <laughs> she votes, and again, this, like you mentioned, it's the editing there. It seemed to me, well, you know, what? I think she was pretty early because she was one of the first votes for Diane. She was like okay. the first or second vote for Diane, I think. And at the time, I'm like, that is a terrible decision. Why on earth would you vote for Diane? Uh, you know, everybody, especially after the way Brian acted at the end. She should have jumped on board with Brian. And, you know, it could have helped her. Um, and. You know, so as it turns out, um, I don't remember the exact numbers as, as but I was just thinking, ah, you got to jump on board. But again, with the editing, we can't tell how many people were talking about it. From what we saw, I personally would have voted Brian. Um, yeah. So. And so, I yeah. kind of agree with you, and I will come back to that point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the after 10 votes uh it's ash at two brian at two meg with one diane with two zach with one jazz with one and paul with one and the the vote for paul is from brian and i can't remember this completely accurately but i think when brian votes for paul he gives another really awkward yes speech. Yes, he he was even more nervous, said, I don't think you're a traitor, but I didn't know whose name to write down. So I just wrote yours. And I, it's just, you know, and then whoever voted after him, was it Charlotte after him? Uh, again, I've, I've written down who received votes and not who did the voting. OK, I, I feel like it was Charlotte after him. I can't okay. remember for sure. And she's just like, what the hell was that about? I mean, just <laughs> like. You know, she was like, I don't know what just happened oh, here. Right. Charlotte is sitting to his left. So I think you're right. Yes. Yeah. And then 
Um, and, and then also, I do want to comment on uh, Paul's vote for jazz. Because yeah. why? I know he mentioned jazz's name. But why are you throwing out that random vote when you know you're going to be the only one and your fellow trader is here struggling? Yeah, I, unless it's because when Paul mentioned jazz, Diane had also jumped in and said, yeah, jazz, why aren't you going to defend yourself? Maybe in the edit, maybe there was mm -hmm. more discussion at that point of other people saying, yeah, yeah, yeah this is so it could be. Um What's what's kind of uh, ironic is that Paul uh, Brian's vote is actually for a traitor. <laughs> He's the only one yes. that does vote for for Paul. <laughs> yeah. um, even though he says, "Oh, I don't mm -hmm. think you're a traitor." No, Brian, he is. You're you're right. And this is the moment. Even though we've not finished with all the votes, it was when Brian voted for Paul and gave his his, his mm -hmm. next awkward speech. I I thought here, he's just signed his own death warrant nothing to do with him being voted as a sheep and all to do with him completely buckling under the pressure. Right. right. Um, um, and then I think it was, like I said, I, I think it was Charlotte when she was talking because she voted for Anthony, I believe. And then Anthony spoke up. Like he started to give some sort of retort and Claudia, oh, yes, you're right. Claudia silenced him, which yeah. I thought was great. I'm like, yeah, lay down the law, Claudia. Yes, I made a note of that too. Um, it, it was the actually it was the last person to vote voted for Anthony. Yeah. I think that's the first time she's ever had to sort of step in like this. But it was great. Uh, it really added to the tension of the atmosphere. Yeah, I think probably when people are voting, they're the only ones who are allowed to talk. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is why Charlotte was able to comment on uh, Ross's. Not Ross. Uh, yeah, Brian. uh, Brian's vote. Yeah, because she came right after him. Yeah, but otherwise, like people couldn't randomly talk about what he sure. had just done. So when the final votes come in, we have four for Ash, four for Brian, and four for Diane, and a few others. Zach has three, but it means that there is a three-way tie, and mm -hmm. that's it's, in the English-speaking versions anyway. That's the first time we've had a three-way tie. So what happens now is there is a final plea from the three. Claudia gives them the chance to speak again, give a little speech. Why shouldn't we banish you? And everyone then has to vote again for only one of these three people. Um, the, the three people themselves don't get right. to vote. Right. Uh, Claudia says and it, if... Yeah, yeah. I was just saying it takes me back. If Ash had voted for Brian, this whole thing would have been over. Yeah. You um, know, if if Paul had voted for... Brian or Diane, yeah. this whole thing would have been over. Yeah. Claudia also tells them that if there is another tie, your fate mm -hmm. will be decided by chance. So, and we don't know exactly how that plays out, but I mean, they might just roll a dice or something, but it answers a question that I've had for a long mm -hmm. time about what happens in the face of an unbreakable tie in this show. I, I guess that they would send everyone in the tie home, but like I'll just send all three of them out or all two of them or whatever. Uh, but but no, I guess that they do just randomly pick somebody. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think we've talked about this on well, one other podcast or another that we've done. But in Survivor, it you go to rocks, yeah, you yeah. draw, you draw rocks. And, you know, that's uh, I know we've talked about because I mentioned my uh, podcast partner on the other podcast uh that's how she went home uh, uh it was an unbreakable tie and she drew the wrong colored rock Ooh. 
so um so yeah uh so it may be just something as simple as i mean maybe it wouldn't be rocks per se but something more trader like uh <laughs> but uh, you know maybe they'll have a duel uh but um, <laughs> yeah you're going to joust to the death <laughs> yes <laughs> whoever dies is out um and so uh yeah it's interesting that uh and the fact that she mentioned it also and then jumping ahead to the way we ended it's like wow that could actually be one of the results you know yeah, but yeah so uh they they've got this chance to give their little speeches mm -hmm. ash goes first she's very calm i think too calm uh, she says that she you know what one of the accusations of ash was that she's been too much of a social butterfly she's been going around everybody yeah, but, and asking them what they think but another accusation earlier you mentioned it earlier in the show was that she was too quiet well, yeah. <laughs> how can you be talking to everyone and be too quiet at the same time maybe she's was she whispering quietly. too much i mean yeah <laughs> she's whispering to everyone yeah that's that's the i don't know um she she defends herself by saying look she just wants to get to know everyone that's why she's going around all the different groups and she says, if anything, this makes me more of a faithful than a traitor. Uh, I, I, my impression was that maybe, yeah, she, she's too composed. I wonder if mm -hmm. a faithful might be more anxious and panicking than that. Um, I don't know. Brian is next. Uh, <laughs> oh God, is my note here. Uh, <laughs> he, he says he didn't expect to crumble like this didn't expect to be in this position he says it's hard not to take this personally it's still incredibly awkward um and i i know it's easy to to <laughs> it's easy to say as a viewer like we know he's a faithful i still think though it, even if i was in the game i'd like to imagine i think it's pretty clear he's not a traitor i think it's pretty clear he's just a nervous wreck like, I, I kind of don't think a traitor would have this much of a meltdown you would think not, but without spoiling anything, we have seen traders have a meltdown before. Uh, yeah. Now, not maybe not this early in the game, you know, more when the weight of the game has gotten to them. Yeah, that is. But uh, yes, thinking of series one, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, I, I, I just think that he could be seen as being the type that we were talking about the opposite of jazz super defensive like if i'm sitting there i'm like why is he keep bringing up this sheep thing why do uh, you know you can't you're not in his head so you're sitting there like i wasn't even paying attention to him why <laughs> is he bringing this up and why is he not only starting the round table but ending the round table and then going on more and more and it's just it is so suspicious yeah, uh, maybe I'm biased because he's a fellow Scot. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I, I, I want him to stay. Uh, Diane is up next. She, I, I get says something that she said before in the show. She says she could never be a traitor. She couldn't remember mm -hmm. all the lies that she'd have to spin, and she makes a joke about being a menopausal woman so that she she wouldn't she wouldn't remember all yeah. the stuff, um, which made me laugh. Paul and Harry have this really brief moment where they they give each other a quick glance. Yes. And I, I get the sense they're communicating we know what we need to do here. And right. I think the secret signal is we ought to turn on Ash. They, so they yeah. think that's the way it's going. So Which yeah, which is also a mistake. You know, I I mean 
you know, not to jump too much ahead, but Harry said it was to protect the traitors. But it really wasn't because no matter how you look at it, if you don't vote for her, that's two votes right off, you know, both of you. So give them to somebody else. Leave her there as the target. You know, I mean, if 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 she's going to even if people really are this suspicious of her, okay, they're suspicious of her, not you. You get rid of her and now they could turn to you. Yeah, yeah, they could. What they could do is just vote for a faithful, see the faithful go, mm-hmm. and next week Ash will sort of else take care of itself. Everyone right. will then be suspicious of it, so they would actually maybe be buying themselves an extra day. Um, I guess. Yeah, and that, I, again, I'm sorry, I, I can yeah. say is I, maybe it's just part. Maybe it's just part of the editing. Maybe to them, actually, it was. Well, but then it was a tie. I was going to say maybe right. it was really obvious to them that everyone was about to now vote for Ash, but but it was a three-way tie. So it could if be anything, it, it seems like Brian made himself such a big target. Go ahead and join the crowd, or what you might perceive as a crowd. Nobody is going to criticize anyone for voting Brian in this banishment. Yeah, yeah. You know, I yes, there are certainly times when everybody's piling on someone, and you just got to cut a fellow traitor. Okay, I totally understand that. This was not one of those times, you know? And so it's it, by voting for her, either they're going to end up knocking her out or maybe worse, if they don't, it's going to be a really awkward traitor's turret at the beginning of episode four. <laughs> yes, which I secretly want. <laughs> yeah. Uh so the revote begins. And this time I have written down who voted for who. Meg votes for Diane. Evie votes for Ash. Charlotte votes for Brian. So three ways split already. Yeah. Next up is Paul. And Paul does what we know he's going to do. He mm-hmm. votes for Ash. We cut to some interviews. Ash is really surprised at this. Paul says that she's performed poorly as a traitor. Um. And she has to pay the price or something like (laughs) that. Yeah, it's like, what? (laughs) Charlie's next. He votes for, uh, sorry, she. (laughs) I've invented a new contestant. Yeah. Charlie votes for Diane. And Jazz votes for Brian. So we're now at two votes each. It's still Mm -hmm. a tie. On we go. Harry votes for Ash as well. So yes, that secret look that he gave to Paul was that they were going to both turn on Ash. Zach votes for Diane. Johnny votes for Brian. Molly votes for Brian. Miles votes for Brian. Tracy and Andrew then vote for Ash. So now we're at Brian with five votes, Ash with five votes, and Diane only has three. The next two votes, Jasmine. Jasmine votes for Brian, and Ross votes for Ash. It would have been really funny again if Ross had voted for his mum. So at this point, Diane's out the running. Diane, uh, she's going to stay. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's Brian and Ash with six votes each. So we still have a tie between mm-hmm. those two and a deciding vote is to be cast by Anthony. I, I already know at this moment what's coming. I I I'm like they're going to end it here. They're going to end in a cliffhanger. Right. Right. Uh, this is too good. They're not going to reveal. They're, they're going to keep mm-hmm. us waiting for next week in episode 4 and they do. The episode ends. 
And I just started writing in all capital letters here because I was so excited. So I've just written that it's a genius TV, phenomenal editing, game construction, casting, just all comes together perfectly. Um, and what's cool about the traitors is they, they have the freedom to end episodes where they want. They don't right. have to end by showing us every time who gets banished. So mm -hmm. they, they can keep us waiting until next time uh, if they want, and they do. And they did this in the first series. Uh, so I, I think polish that next BAFTA they're going to win again uh, it's, <laughs> I just thought it was fantastic and again social media is all over it loving the episode this I mean the, the episode has, has it effectively ended here here's my prediction I think okay. Anthony will turn over his slate and actually he's written Diane's name um, even though it doesn't mean anything now, but he didn't know mm -hmm. that when he wrote it down. Right. Um, if not, I think he'll have voted. My 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 list is Diane number one, Brian next, uh, and then Ash. That's sort of my my like list of likelihood of what mm -hmm. Anthony's voted. Uh, well, I'm I'm now saying something that's different. When I wrote my notes down, what my notes actually say is because Diane has turned her attention away from Anthony, maybe he wasn't going to vote for it. So actually, what I, I, I'm contradicting myself. What I have written here is, and this is not my lie as part mm -hmm. of the game, I just can't read my own notes. My notes are, I think he's going to vote out Brian. Uh, what do you think? I thought also he would vote out Brian. Now, the reason I'm thinking this has nothing to do with reading his personality or anything. I'm judging based on the way Ash was talking in her confession. Yes, this is exactly what I've written, too. <laughs> yes, because uh, it seemed to me like she wasn't banished, but was annoyed at her fellow traders for their votes. Like she's like, it was too soon to do this. And it just it seems like she's still in the game 100%. now. David, you don't believe in psychics, and I think we've been psychic throughout this episode. We have all <laughs> no, the same just, notes as each other. I've had a good influence on you, you know. Uh, uh, that's what it is. Yeah, I, uh, I thought the exact same thing. She says, she says this thing in an interview. It's only the second round table, and it's already yeah. rough. And I think she's recorded that after, and she's survived, and they probably shouldn't have included that in the edit. Right. I mean, we might both be proven wrong, but I, I think the same as you. I mean, the other possibility if we're reading the edit is that there was a reason Claudia mentioned it will be a random draw. Uh. If there's a tie. Um, now I do also think they would have, I think it would be better editing if it was a tie to end it. It's a tie we're now going to draw randomly and end it there so that you would know anyone can go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Well, it would still only be one of Ash or Brian, right? Oh, I don't know. That's what I was saying. In Survivor, the rock draw is the people, the, the people who were tied become safe. It's everyone else who is at risk. Maybe I didn't make that clear before. Oh, so it's it's not going to be one of these three. I don't know if they're going to do it that way or okay. um, I mean, in games of mafia, which let's face it, traders is based on mafia in a lot of ways. Um, you know, there are sometimes I think in mafia where it's everyone else and sometimes it's just randomly one of the people who was who was targeted. So it could go either way. 
Um, but whatever happens, I believe Ash is staying. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, any other thoughts on uh, the end of this episode? I, I have other questions to ask you, but is there anything that you wanted to mention that you didn't get in so far? No, no. I think uh, I think uh, you know we've we've covered it well. Okay. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the. I mean, and, and assuming that Diane is still around, how you think the mother-son secret relationship <laughs> might play out as the season goes on? I mean, Diane is already a target. She has been a target. We've seen targets manage to get out of it before after a little while, but I think she's still going to be a target. And, uh, you know, her, her son's going to try to protect her, but I, I, I just... Unless she changes even more than I mentioned, she changed. <laughs> you know, she's she she needs to just scale it back. She can't be so blunt and brash all the time. Yeah. So it looks like Ross may outlast his mom. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we've already seen in the first three episodes then some changes to the rules and the mechanics of the game. Not not huge changes. Mm -hmm. Are there any other changes you or, or additions that you want to see as the series goes on? I'd like to see the shields be a little more secretive. Ah, like okay. so far, they've been pretty out in the open. Yeah. And even uh, was it Jasmine who won the shield by randomly digging in the scarecrow? Yeah. Um, you know, even she admitted she had a shield, which I didn't understand why, unless she thought someone had seen her or she just is completely guileless. Uh, but. Uh, yeah. which is not good for being on the show called the <laughs> traitors. Um, it's just, they've been so out in the open and then Claudia is like, does anyone here want to admit to having a shield? Well, yeah, they, you, people saw them get it. So it's not, I mean, it's, it's like winning a survivor challenge and having immunity. Okay. You know, that's, that's all there is to it. There's no, there's no chance that the traitors are going to accidentally get the wrong person so far yeah i mean i don't really mind that but i also i agree with what you said that uh i think maybe jasmine just worried someone might have seen me so i might mm -hmm. as well admit it because i'd rather me tell everybody than someone outs me um yeah i i i you know how much i hate the armory so i don't mind the shields the shield winning being out in the open in front of everybody mm -hmm. didn't really bother me um so in that case uh we have some sort of we've had messages and comments mm -hmm. uh from people online i know you've been sent a question from uh someone quite well known possibly to <laughs> listeners already um i we what's what's great after the first two episodes already that there have been lots of new uh subscribers to the podcast which is fantastic lots of new followers um i was going to read a list of all the people who've started following but Hashtag humble brag. There are so many that I realized <laughs> halfway through writing it that this would probably be really boring podcast content. So I'll just say thank you to everybody who's followed. Um, I do really appreciate it. I have some specific comments that people have sent in, uh, mostly on YouTube, put a couple of messages on Instagram. Uh, Gary Rose says he's loving the new cast. Michael Collins, longtime listener, says uh, he says some of the twists like uh, the fourth traitor being chosen by the traitors mm -hmm. himself. He says that's borrowed from Norway and France. So he's ah, watched okay. all of these uh, international versions. 
Joe Setterfield says that he's very excited that Ash is a fan of the podcast, which I talked about in a previous episode. I'm very excited about that too. Uh, there's a- uh, yes, same here, and let's hope she stays in. Yeah, another another reason to hope she stays in. <laughs> yes. Uh, there is a, a someone on uh, YouTube. Their username is Joker, followed by some uh, letters, uh, and they've been listening to the podcast for a while. Joker says that they hope the new series will live up to series one uh, and has some players as amazing as Amanda and Kieran or a great villain like Wilf. Controversial. Some people don't think mm-hmm. Wilf is a villain. Uh, or Marielle from Australia season one. And most importantly, uh, Joker says... They will be prioritizing the trader over the new uncloaked podcast. So the best listener award ever goes to Joker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for that. Uh, as it should be, yes. as it should be prioritized. Uh, last couple of comments. Um, uh, Magnus uh, sent a message on X. Uh, unlike Michael, let me know that actually the unknown traitor mechanic is borrowed from Norway mm-hmm. and Magnus thinks that four traitors is too many for the game and isn't really um, a fan of that uh, and lastly we've got a message on YouTube from Duncan Duncan says a great job on covering the show in such a short amount of time uh, he says I, I'm not expecting you to do the US as well however Duncan David and I will be covering Traitors US. Uh, Yes, we will. A good reminder for me to mention that. Uh, And Traitors US begins very soon, uh, a week today. Well, today when we're recording, Friday the 12th of January. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, do, do, do the producers of UK and US not understand that we watch both? Come on, <laughs> what is going on here? It's like when Australia and New Zealand aired them at the same time, too. Yeah. It's uh, so frustrating. It's like they only expect people in their own countries to watch, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I tell you. Uh, now, I do want to say, as far as the comment about four traders being too much. Yeah. I think that, one, they need to shake things up. Because, like, I think every English language speaking version has had three traders. So they're always going to expect three. You know, we saw by the time Canada was here they assumed three and they were literally counting you know okay well then there's this and there's this and there's this um so i think four is good i think that you know you could just fix the too many problem by as soon as one is gone they don't recruit yet Mm -hmm. you know i don't think they're going to recruit back up to four i think after the fourth one leaves I would think they're not going to be able to recruit again until they get below three. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, even if they are allowed to, they should make the decision not to. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I understand. Yeah. Four is a lot, but I think there are ways to deal with that as they get closer to the end. So I would agree with that. Yeah. And you have a question, a special question. Yes. Yes. So we got a listener question uh, from, Doug Swinbanks, who was one of our favorites on Survivor UK. Gone too soon. Gone too soon. (laughs) Uh, And he asked, if you are faithful and you find a shield, are you allowed to secretly pass it over to another player? Uh Now, it is appropriate that he would ask this because there's a very Survivor-like way of thinking. Because in Survivor, if you find a hidden immunity idol, you can pass it to someone else. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, there's the question, can you pass the shield? Now, I'm pretty sure 
We have not heard this possibility discussed on any English language version of the show. So for those of you out there who uh, are listening to or are watching the non-English language versions, let, let us know. Uh, but uh, so the reason you would do this on Survivor would be to mess up the plans of someone in an opposing alliance and turn the votes against them. So they're voting, you know, you're aligned with Joe and you know they're voting for Joe, so you give the idol to Joe, suddenly all their votes go away and only your votes count, and poof, you get to vote out someone from there. Um, but it doesn't seem to have the same sort of rationale to give it away here. If you get the shield and give it to someone else and the traitors try to murder that person, it doesn't backfire on the traitors. It just means nobody dies overnight. Um so it's not like you're knocking out a member of the opposition. Yeah. You're just saving someone close to you. And yeah, you would gain a very close ally going forward. This person would know, yes, you truly must must be a faithful. Unless a word has gets it out. Really smart. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, and so, you know, in this house, word gets out. And so, first of all, the traders could just turn around and target you next. And second of all, the other faithful are always either under or overthinking things. And they could overthink it and be like, huh, how did you know to give it to Joe? How did you know the traitors were going to attempt to murder Joe? Mm -hmm. It's almost like you're one of the traitors and you did it as a double bluff to prove that you're a faithful. Yeah. So we need to get rid of you now. Yeah. So I just even if it was possible, I don't really see an advantage to it. Yeah, I don't either. And I think, I mean, your your goal in the traitors is to survive banishment and murder. You you want to you want to see the numbers dwindle mm -hmm. down. So, giving someone else the chance to stay in, yeah, I just think, what? Why bother? Why? Right. Why do you want the numbers to to stay high? <laughs> you want the numbers I mean... to go down every single day. <laughs> Like I said, if you think you can get yourself a good, a solid ally that way, I could see it. It's just that every move you make, every sentence you utter, as Zach has found out, you know, people take a look at it a certain way. And it would just be a risk to do something so out of the ordinary. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what the actual answer is to Doug's question, but I, I imagine you can probably maybe the in the mission and the moment you find it, you could pass it to someone and say, oh, here, you have mm -hmm. it. I think beyond, as soon as the mission is done, I, I can't imagine you're allowed to pass it. I think from that point, you've got it, you keep it. I, I, I don't think producers would want people passing them on. I don't know. I mean, there's something that, you know, I, a number of people have talked about on Survivor, uh, which is if it's not specifically forbidden in the rules and it makes for good TV, they're going to allow it. Yeah, well, that's true. If, it, if they thought it would make good TV, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know the answers. I just yeah. imagine that if one of the players was to ask a producer, producers might say, "No, don't do that." I I don't, who, yes. who or yeah. or it, or it actually know. is in the rules that so maybe it's right. in the rule book. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, that was a that was a good question. I hadn't I hadn't thought that hadn't even occurred to me that. Uh, like I said, it's a very survivor-oriented question <laughs> from a guy who got an idol 
uh, thanks to a clue that was given to him by someone else. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> particularly pertinent. Yes. And before I had, you know, two months ago or three months ago, yeah. I hadn't seen Survivor, so I right. wouldn't have understood the relevance of this question. So it all makes sense now. Yes. Uh, David, before we wrap up the game that we have been playing, uh, where can everybody find you? Where could we get your content online? So you can find all my various accounts through my link tree at linktree slash David Bloomberg. And there's a dot before the EE and link tree. Uh, or you could just find me on most text based social media like Twitter and Blue Sky is at David Bloomberg. And on the video platforms, TikTok, YouTube and Instagram is at David Bloomberg TV and threads, although it is text based, it's connected to Instagram. So I'm at David Bloomberg TV there as well. I've been trying to spend some more time on threads and Blue Sky. Trying to get more reality TV content there, it's just difficult uh so i'm mostly at twitter but i you know i'm at those other two um speaking of tiktok and youtube and instagram we're coming out of the uh roughly one week uh reality tv off season um yeah that's all we get one week um and uh, even so, I've still been posting at least one reality TV short video on all those sites each day. You know, during the main seasons, I was able to post, you know, three, four, maybe more, depending on how many shows there were. I'm you know, doing one uh, still still doing that uh, lately. They've mostly been from the finale of U.S. Survivor. I, I finished with those videos just in time for uh, UK traders to start. And so I've already begun, uh, as we're recording this, I've already posted two videos uh, from Traders UK. And we'll also be posting some Survivor flashback videos from older seasons. And of course, Traders US, when that starts up as well. When you talk about all the different uh, platforms that you're on, <laughs> I am overwhelmed because I, uh, the podcast has a, a an X and an Instagram page and and YouTube. Uh, that's it. And recently, I've been thinking maybe I should uh, move on to tech. Maybe I should open a TikTok page for the podcast. And then I think, God, no, I have no time for that. Uh, and then uh, you mentioned like Blue Sky. I don't even know what Blue Sky is. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Well, do remember, I am retired. So you know, this <laughs> I have more time, and and that's one reason that I'm trying to spend more time keeping up a little bit on reds and blue sky is because like big brother is over you know u.s big brother and u.s survivor is over so that gives me a little bit more time uh okay. to you know look at uh, you know look at the people i follow instead of just responding to other people um i mean u.s big brother when it's on it is overwhelming you know i will you know on twitter go to go to bed at midnight my time and wake up at eight and have hundreds and hundreds of tweets from people I follow because everything, you know, I, I mean, the people I don't know how it is in, in the British Big Brother, but in the U.S. Big Brother, they mostly lays around all day and then all the activity comes at night. Uh, and they stay up till like four in the morning their time or sometimes later, which is six in the morning. My, so they've finally gone to bed when I'm waking up. <laughs> Uh, I feel a, a bit better now then because it's yeah. uh, I'm not retired so it's yeah. okay <laughs> <laughs> right. exactly so we've been playing our own game of betrayal we've been playing the trader traitor 
I have lied to you, I must confess. I actually lied twice. Um, so so I'm making say, it, I'm trying to help you. I'm giving you multiple yeah. options of what I lied about. That makes the fact that I have no idea what you lied about even worse. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I said it while we were recording, but I said, oh, I have to get my pen and paper ready so that I can write down when I think your lie is or more likely forget to write anything down because I forget that we're playing the game. And <laughs> that ha is indeed what happened. Uh, I I did not uh, write anything down. So I will have to think about it. I'll, I'll give you some time to think and, I, and I'll guess okay. yours in the meantime. Okay. I, I, I'm assuming you lied to me. Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, I've got a, a couple of guesses. <laughs> Now, David, you have this habit on the podcast, <laughs> a very sneaky habit of telling um, and giving me anecdotes about things that have happened in your life. And most of the time, they're completely true. Sometimes I think that's where you sneak in your lie. But every time you tell one of these stories, it messes with my head. And I'm like, is this one of the lies or is this just too obvious? And this is not a lie at all. So... Your story about the experiment with the horoscope readings could be something and that might be in the lie that actually you didn't do that at all. I, I, I've seen this experiment on video clips on social media mm -hmm. and I'm wondering, maybe David didn't do this at all. Maybe he just saw this in a documentary and he's pretending he did it. So it could be that or it could be something else. I'm going to go with something totally different. I think all of that was true. I wonder if it's something to do with Big Brother US and you were talking about the, I assume it was Siri and her son, and you mm -hmm. said the son came up with this way to avoid being detected if he accidentally said mom. And you said he called her Mama C and I think like Mama J. And I wonder if that's the thing you made up that that, that wasn't the name of the other, the other woman or something. Nope, it really it was Mama Fee. Mama J was in Survivor, and her name was Felicia or Felicia. Uh, so no, it was all true. And I yes, it is true that I have these long anecdotes, and I hope that you'll bite on them. And then sometimes I secretly sneak something in there. But this time, I made a real tiny lie, and I knew immediately that you hadn't caught it because I just it, you just blew by it because Anthony. When Tracy was questioning him and said, you're a Capricorn. And I said, he said he was a Leo. No, <gasps> he said he was an Aries. No. <laughs> and I knew that I totally didn't pay attention to that. Oh. Oh, I'm so annoyed. So you've got the really big story over here that the really little tiny lie. Uh um, I, again, I said this on the last episode. I am getting worse at this game as this point. <laughs> We're like 80 episodes in. And I'm terrible at it. Like I went through a little phase of being quite good, and it's all—all all of my skills have gone. So, uh, well done, I guess. Yeah. Any idea what I oh, might gosh. have lied to you about? I feel like you might have made up one of the comments. Um, but I, I also feel like you wouldn't do that. Um, so, but it's the, I mean, you know, trying to think back over everything we discussed, it could be anything you slipped in anywhere. 
Um, and, and that's probably what it is. But I'm just going to say you made up one of the comments. Uh, that is not my lie. All of the comments okay. are real. I told you two lies. And I told you two lies because I think you didn't hear the first one. And oh. I thought, well, I'll be, I'm going to be fair. I, if you didn't hear me say it, I can't rely on that. Uh, the first lie was you, you were talking about uh, sort of cold, cold psychic readings and experiments. Mm -hmm. And you said, oh, quite often uh, someone claiming to be psychic will throw out the letter J because everybody mm -hmm. knows somebody with a J. And I very quickly said, hey, my dad's called John. And oh, I did dad, not hear that. Okay. You were right. I did not hear that at all. <laughs> my dad is not called John, but I thought okay. you didn't hear it. So I thought I should do another lie. The second one you definitely did hear. <laughs> okay. uh, I, If this is accidentally true, I'm sorry. I invented yeah. that Zach is a YouTuber, and that's why people thought he might be a conspiracy theorist. Oh, that's, okay. Uh, maybe he is, but I, I, I should have caught that, too. I should have caught that. <laughs> yeah. I did. I mean, I, I I should have caught it for a couple reasons, not the least of which is I, you know, I follow enough people on Twitter who would have said, I thought, oh, <laughs> have you checked out his YouTube channel? You know, I, yeah, I just now I do want to say I'm going to uh, give you uh, I'm going to uh, just uh, uh, mention this here because I think it's, uh, you know, it, it it's a plug for an account on YouTube that I am totally not associated with. Uh, but since we talked about it, there is an account called Psychics Explained. <laughs> so uh, I suggest that people uh, check that out for other things. They talk about stings they've pulled on psychics, um, how psychics use not just cold reading, but hot reading. And by hot reading, it means actually like these are the people. I mean, these are the people who are much worse than the ones that we've seen just on these shows, you know, like, obviously, this is not Tracy's main job. She's a, you know, does sonographs. Um, these are the ones who go around and fill arenas and charge, you know, lots of money and scam people. And, uh, you know, and what they actually do is they find out who has bought tickets and they look them up on social media and then they get all their information and then they do an amazing reading and they don't have to rely on things like, you know, someone with a J or something in your childhood. And so people at this account, they have actually created fake social media accounts to bust these supposed psychics. And so, yes, I, I would recommend that YouTube account. Okay. Did you share something from them on X? That's possible. Okay. At some point, I'm. It, it's yeah. It's it's likely at some point that I did. Okay. Now before I go, uh, it's the third episode of the podcast season. I thought maybe this was a good time for me to mention my coffee page. That's ko fi, mm. uh, because I put the podcast together, I research it, write it, record it, edit it, and deal with the distribution. Uh, I was going to say completely by myself, but actually recently David's been doing a lot of that for me. Uh, so thank you, David. Uh, <laughs> I, for this season, anyway, I, I've sort of taken the reins. Um, that means I have to organize the guests and do the social media. And I really love the traitors and I love the podcast, but it's not my actual job. And I'm doing this all for free. In fact, it's costing me money. Mm -hmm. And sadly, the BBC are not funding me and paying me the salary of Ed Gamble to host it. Uh, I've had lots of generous donations so far. 
uh, which is great. Thank you to everybody who's done that. No pressure on you to do it again. Uh, but even that actually hasn't recouped the podcast outgoings yet. <laughs> so if you've been listening and you want me to keep it up, uh, have a think about visiting coffee.com. So ko-fi.com slash Matthew Keeley and putting in a wee donation if you can. Uh, and it's not a subscription. Uh, it's, it's like a one-off thing that and you and you can choose what you want to put in. Uh, a few pounds, few dollars, one of Claudia's gold doubloons, whatever you think <laughs> a cup of tea or coffee or a year's Zoom Pro subscription would cost. <laughs> uh, and that link is in the episode description too. You can also keep up to date with the podcast on Instagram and YouTube at the Tradar Podcast or an X at the Tradar Pod, or you could email me at the Tradar Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new episode. Until then, stay faithful. David, thank you for joining me. Sure, and we'll be back. You and I will be back talking twice next week at least twice i'm not i'm not fully sure what we're doing for us <laughs> next week yet but uh we're gonna figure it out multiple times next week you and i will be talking yes bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.